Hi, welcome to Tamiwa Oluen Podcast. Thanks for downloading, and as you listen, you are guaranteed an encounter with the word. Let's go. Luke chapter 5, verse 4 to 6. Luke chapter 5, verse 4 to 6. Luke chapter 5, from verse 4 to 6. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Next verse. And Simon answered, saying unto him, Master, we have toiled all night. I have prayed all night. I've never done that before. Once I do one hour or two, I sleep. And I've taken nothing. It's even disappointing when you pray all night and nothing happens. Nevertheless, at your word. I like that. Wait, something's wrong. It's KJV. I don't like it. Because I know when I saw, I saw. Praise God. She's better. Simon answered, Master. We have walked all night. Uh-huh, that's what I have in my iPad. We have prayed all night. We have scabushed all night. We have fasted all night, even though I know that's not possible. And haven't caught anything, not even a small fish. But because you say so, two things. They are into to his instruction. And there was a fear of his personality. That's why if you're in this place, that you don't have a man of God, that you honor and respect the words that come out of their mouth. That's why your life still looks like Ludo. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Because you say so, I will let down the net. And when they are done so, they caught such a number of fish that their net began to what? Began to break. Somebody's net is about to break. Somebody's net is about to break. Because you say so. Because you say so, I will let down the nets. Now give me some. 34 verse 8 to 14. Psalm 34 verse 8 to 14. Psalm 34 verse 8 to 14. It says, taste and see. Ah. Taste and see. It should be see and taste. Am I right? I want to be sure I'm right. Which one comes first? Ladies can understand. A guy, which one comes first? When you see a good food, what do you do? You see first, right? Before you before taste. But now he's saying, taste and see. That the Lord is what? Are we in the house this morning? Taste and see that the Lord is what? Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Who takes habitation. Who takes a standpoint. Who takes a placement with God. Verse 9, we're going to 14. Fear the Lord, you saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. So the reason why you always have lack is because you don't fear the Lord. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord, they will never lack no good thing. 
I remember when my pastor in Houston said something to me. It was a, it was a Sunday service, and he said this to all of us. And personally, he said that to me most times when I go to meet him for counseling. And he said, no matter anything that the devil takes from you, you will always leave something left. No matter whatever life takes from you, something will be left. You see, he now said to me, he said, he said, that thing that is left, that's what God needs to work with. So he titled that sermon by saying, the miracle is not in what is gone or what is coming. The miracle is in what's left. Take back to verse 10. Take him back to verse 10. He said, but those who seek the Lord. Let me help you this morning by letting you understand that there's a difference between praying to the Lord and seeking the Lord. That's a big difference. I am never in the shoes of those who pray to get something happen. I rather seek to know what the Lord is saying about the thing. Because it's when you can see the person you are praying to that you can know the person's mind. But you can't see the Lord. You don't know his mind. So just like a brother or a sister who is here, who is trusting God to travel out, and God is looking at you, that do you know that once you enter that country, your life is finished? So he's intentionally delaying it. Those who seek the Lord lack nothing or lack no good thing. Verse 11. Verse 11. Come, my children. He's calling you children. He's calling me children. Listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. So the fear of the Lord can be taught. Are you following me this morning? The fear of the Lord can be what? Can be taught. You can't just wake up one morning and say, Lord, I fear you. No. It, you, it must have taught you. Verse 12. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days. I'm in that shoes. I like life. If you don't like life in this place, I pity you. I like it. I like to dress well. I like to take the best of the best drinks. I like to go to the best of the best places. That's why you never see me in a food canteen. Because it's too local. And you will not see me in Thailand doing bend down select. Because it's just below my standard. So you should have a standard for yourself. Amen? Keep your tongue from evil. If you want to see many good days. Keep your tongue from what? This is one thing most people don't know. Now, life is give and take. Do you understand that? Life is what? It's give and take. The way you are talking about people is the way somebody else is talking about you. The way you wish somebody evil is the same way a set of people too are wishing you evil. The way you wish somebody well is the way some people are also wishing you well. I had a joke one time, which is, I believe, could be a reality. How the man of God says, some people are praying that God should allow their destiny helpers to remember them. And the response to that joke was this. What if you are also somebody else's destiny helper? But you are pretending not to remember those God has assigned you to help. Every single man on the face of this earth, there's a huge responsibility on them. You are a destiny helper to somebody. Whether to someone you know or to someone you don't know, more than likely, every mother is a destiny helper to their child. Am I right? Every father is a destiny helper to their child. That's why you always hear me say it in this house. Probably I say it more when we were at our previous venue. The day my son or my daughter looks at me and says, Father, you are not my mentor. Ah. 
Any parent that is here, and you are not a mentor to your child. It's an issue. It's an issue. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. That's to let me know that the lies that man tells is not from the heart. It's from where? It's from the lips. Because I have been in, you know, I told them yesterday at the Congress, I said throughout last year, it looks like I used to lie. But this year, no more lie. It's just a joke. So someone says, oh, wow. So pastor lied to me last year. I didn't lie to you. Amen. Keep me back on, the, uh, on 13. Growing up, or in most cases, because if I said I've not lied before now, that makes me a liar. And if you are here and you say you've never lied, you're a liar. You just lied, right? Exactly. I've noticed that every time you've rehearsed a lie in your mind, it's not what you intentionally lie about. Let me explain so that people understand. You've programmed in your mind that, oh, once my yoga comes, I'll tell him it rained. Is why I did not come. Eventually, your boss might not show up the way you have projected it in your mind. Am I speaking somebody's mind now? Or somebody's past? Or somebody's future tense? So you've programmed in your mind that, okay, my boss is going to come in from there. And once he comes, I'll just kneel down and say, okay, I'm sorry, it rained. But lo and behold, your boss will not come. Maybe it comes another direction. It has destabilized that programming. Then you have to come up with another lie. It took you hours to design that lie. But the one that came out of you came out in the split of seconds. Your lips are the ones speaking the lies. Now, I'll tell you the reason why if your boss comes next month or upper month and tells you to remind him of what you said to him, you can't remember. The reason why you can't remember is because the lie did not come from your heart. Because if it came from your heart, there's a tendency you remember what you said. Am I helping somebody to lie? Praise God. Let me, let me skip that part. So keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Verse 14. Turn from evil and do good. That's the very hard part. Because you realize that the people you want to do good to are the same people doing evil to you. Seek peace. If there is any, that verse that is my favorite verse, I think I've mentioned it before. My favorite verse is Matthew 5 verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called what? The sons and the daughters of God. Seek peace and pursue it. Pastor, I like to show my true color. That's why your life is upside down. Pastor, I don't take rubbish. I like to express. See, it's not everything you express. Some things you just keep it to yourself. That's why every house has a wall. Express it to the wall. And see if the wall will reply you back. That thing has put many folks inside trouble. Many folks. Because you just... You spill out the wrong, the right things to the wrong person. To the wrong person. Seek peace. Turn from evil. Turn from evil. Tell your neighbor, say, turn from evil. Look at him, high to high like he has done you an evil before. Say, turn from evil. Look at him with some attitude. Say, I know you. Turn from evil. 
Obedience is a key ingredient to the activation of all-round upgrades. You want anything good to happen to your life, the ingredient, the major ingredient is obedience. Just like you saw in the first Bible verse we read, protocols are always going to be broken when the force of obedience is applied. And I'm teaching this morning what I've titled the force of obedience. The only way to smash any tradition that could have been overing over your life is by the force of obedience. Oh, pastor, I didn't really get that. Can you speak it in my normal language that I understand? There could be something strange happening in your family that directly or indirectly you're becoming a part of it. The only thing that can bring you out of it is obedience. Only thing that can bring you out of it is obedience. Maybe I did tell some of you the part of the clause that comes with my complete deliverance from asthma. I don't need God to tell me the part of that clause, but I myself understand it. And what's the part of the clause? I told you how that revelation happened. I will remove asthma out of your bloodline and not any of your seed would have asthma again. I shared that with my wife. He said, as I'm removing it, I want you to plant yourself, arise and shine, and do my work. So what happens when I stop doing his work? Asthma has chosen back. Never fallen sick since that period. If there's anything that's happened to me, maybe it's just mosquito, malaria, and all of that stuff. In fact, it was recently somebody reminded me. He said the reason why it looks like a mosquito is biting you and you're feeling it most of the time. He said it looks like your blood group has changed. I said, oh, really? He said, and when they checked it too, that's changed. So the clause there is that the moment you stop, so the obedience is do what I want, I'll do what you want. That's always the clause. But it never tells you that part of the clause. It's just like somebody who gives you money to keep for them. Will they tell you not to spend it? Can I communicate? Each time you keep, people keep money with you, they say, please don't spend it. Oh. They just say, please, I want to keep this money. In fact, what they tell you is that I don't want to spend it is why I came to keep it with you. But they will not tell you not to spend it. And guess what? Is when you have spent it, they always want to come back for their money. You successfully kept it for six months. You didn't touch it. They didn't come in that six months. In fact, you'll be reminding them, oh, well, what you are just, just keep it. Just keep it. I like if they will say, keep it and spend it. Or spend it and keep it. Whichever one. That's what I told myself. Don't ever keep money with me. I'm the wrongest person. Because I can use your money to buy drum set. I can use your money to do anything. They never tell you the clause in that savings. They never tell you. If I even when you open a bank account in the bank, the bank will never tell you all the charges they'll be taking out. If there's anybody here that they told, I'm pretty sure that person just knows how broke you can be. It's why the person told you ahead. They never tell you. I was talking with some of my guys one time. They told me all the charges that GT always take out. That each time they do a transfer, that GT takes out uh, a particular fee. Am I right? Yeah, for every transfer, they, take, they don't take out from me. Until somebody told me, say, Pastor, you must have a different kind of account. I said, I don't know. So I too was forced to go and find out. Then I realized that I was running a credit account with GT. Whereby my, my limit for a month is $20 million. 
that I can do transfer and all of that stuff. So I never knew. So the only thing GT takes out of my account is SMS charges. If I do a transfer to you, they don't take out. So I wonder how they take out from, from you. So go and complain. Praise God. They never tell you that part of the clause. You want to smash down any tradition? You want to smash down any inadequacy? You have to do that with the force of obedience. Let me start by saying that taste and see in that scripture. Can we put back that scripture, Psalm 34? Psalm 34, verse uh, eight, uh, 8. Let's put 34, verse 8. I want to show you something. Media. Psalm 34, verse 8. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see is an instruction. It's an instruction that literally left to me, I just told you earlier, does not make sense because it should be see and taste. It's an instruction that does not even follow. But the only way to know that the Lord is good is that you must taste it first. Then after you have tasted it, you now sit back and see what you have tasted. You go through a very difficult moment in your life. You will have done some things according to instruction. It's when you now go back and sit down. You say, thank God. And I did that then. Fear the Lord is also an instruction. In as much as you have to be taught how to fear the Lord. It's an instruction. Divine instruction, I've defined it before in this house, is your ticket to divine abundance. Divine instruction is what? Is your ticket to divine abundance. The challenge for most Christians is not the availability of instruction, it's understanding that it's a divine instruction. That's a reason why we pastors put the word divine in front of it. Because the Bible just calls it instruction because it's a holy book. The reason why we put divine is so that you can honor the divinity where the instruction came out from. Because an abalist instruction too is also divine. A witchcraft instruction to you is also divine. Because she's not working on her own powers. It's an extra power. But divine instruction is intentionally included in ministry so that you can understand and appreciate the divinity role where this thing is coming from. So it's not that the instructions are not available. It's honoring those instructions that is always a challenge for us in church. And let me be honest with you, not just that the members are victims, even many of the times the pastors are victims. So I'm not exempting myself. There are instructions the Lord has given to me that I did not hack into. Now, let me just help you. There are instructions that will roll back to you and there are instructions that you will pay dearly for. Just like when we had a congress yesterday, somebody said, somebody said, oh, your pastor said don't do this and you eventually went to do it. So now something bad happens. It makes your pastor a wizard. But sometimes, see, see sometimes some instruction comes out of the abundance of your heart. Even you yourself cannot tell the reason why. Remember the day my wife was pressuring me that she wanted to take my car and go and do something. I kept telling her, I said, don't go out with this car. He said, no, 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 what's the issue? Ah, it's not you that took me to driving school. I can drive. In fact, you know, sometimes when a woman tells you that she, will, she, she, has, she goes with the right company, that, okay, these people will accompany me, nothing will happen. So it looks like you are going with insurance. But insurance is looking at you like, ah, okay, okay, okay. Keep going, keep going. Ah, okay, you're on your own. 
Oh, don't worry, don't worry. I'm going with this person. <laughs> Once this person is by my side, nothing can happen. This is that. And you know when the woman takes the key out of annoyance, just keep quiet. I kept quiet. I was just looking. It wasn't up to 10 minutes. I just heard baby come downstairs. I said, hey, In my mind, God downstairs was, oh, I have a surprise for you. <laughs> you know when they say surprise, jump surprise. I went downstairs hoping to say surprise. I was surprised myself. I got there. The next time I said, ah, Pastor, Emma son I said, what is the Shulak I said, Pastor, just, just forget it. It's fixable. You know what you hear? It's fixable. You know something must have happened. I saw the car. I said, hey. See, one of the, let me help a married man here. Once your wife is doing bong bong bong, just be calm. Because there's an added Yoruba that what you don't want Baba to solve is the same Baba that will solve it. So I kept quiet. I did not say anything. You know, there are some, there are some, there's something in soccer they call post-match, post-match commentary. So I pushed the post-match commentary to the house. So just in case some of you were waiting for the house version, let me tell you. So I got to the house. I was just quiet. I just saw her come to New Dan. Say, I'm sorry. Anything you tell me to do is what I'll do. I said, oh, so now you. <laughs> I said, so now you know. Because in my mind of mine, I was not just comfortable, like, go out with a car. I was not just comfortable. I could not explain why. So she went to have a meeting with leaders and all of them, and she told them, say, hmm, the pastor does not approve this thing the day you go and try it. Please, I'm not a wizard, though. Sometimes the thing just flew out of her. Just like uh, my endless instruction to somebody today, turn from evil. Tap your neighbor, say, turn from evil. See, it's pastor that says I should tell you, so, so you don't come for me. Say, turn from evil. Evil does not have to be spiritually inclined. Sometimes evils are just physical. Just physical. I've met several people that they just want to take from you for no reason. And not just because they love you, but they come with that picture. The biggest responsibility of every child of God is to evolve and grow by prioritizing instructions. How you prioritize instruction tells the value of God that is extended to you. Instructions or divine instructions are only given to children of God who are positioned to experience the best of God. So, in actual sense, anytime he gives you an instruction, it's not the bait for his blessing that is coming to you. He wants to test how much you value him. So, every time there's an instruction from God extended to you, he's testing his place of value in your life. Because anybody can say anything to you. But this is God speaking to you. He wants to see how you go about what he has said. He wants to see how much is of good value to you. So I was speaking to somebody this morning that many of the instructions that you had put aside or you have archived, it tells how much you value God. And there's a way you push it with him 
he folds his hands. Every instruction is costly but affordable. Say it one more time. Every instruction is what? Is costly but affordable. I might not have a good legit reason for, or a good legit point for what I'm about to say, but I just want to just help some ladies here. I love helping both genders, but I start with ladies first. You will never have an issue of trust in your marriage once your husband meets you as a whole person. My CEO has said I should stop using some words in church because some people are not mature. So if you don't understand the meaning of whole, just tap your neighbor. Say, before you turn from evil, explain. Because I know I can't say it. It's an evil statement. Tell him, okay, before you turn from evil, tell me that part. If your husband meets you as a woman as whole, and when I'm saying whole, I'm bypassing maybe a sorry statement of, oh, you were once raped or anything. Like, removing that part, because that was not your bait. It just happened to you. But that you lived your life in the wholeness of it. You will never have any issue of trust in that marriage. Many of the times why men always have issues of trust is because the partner you are married to knows your past. I'm telling you the truth. And this is the thing about past. Once you spilled your past out, people still have that assumption that you are still there. People have that assumption that you are still there. That's why a brother in this church was telling somebody one time, he said, when you see pastor always talking about his past on the stage, he's to tell you that he has graduated from there. If I'm talking about my primary school, does it mean I'm still in primary school? No. If I'm talking about my secondary school, does it mean I'm a, I'm a student there? No. If I'm not part of the alumni, I'm not part of their WhatsApp group. Because they have a WhatsApp group. And I'm not there. But a lady that is having trust issues, your husband does not trust you, he wants to know where you are going to, he follows you on the bike, you are inside the car, he is questioning why you're, he's calling your boss, as my wife close. He says, okay, your wife has closed now. In fact, okay, okay, your wife has not closed, she's here with me, we are attending something. He's, he, he feels that he's having all kinds of pictures in his head. Why? Because he did not meet you whole. It met you like half bread. So it was the one that had the butter. I will not say, some of my seal will not attack me. I will just be talking like that. So if you don't understand bread and butter, just ask your neighbor again. Say, oh God, before you turn from evil, what is bread and butter? Every instruction is costly, but yet affordable. Every instruction is instrumental to experiencing the best of God. That leads me to say that in honesty, in the honesty of life, the best advantage to every man is divine instruction. You will never break through on your own terms. You will never be successful on your own terms. How do I know this? Give me Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Joshua 1 verse 8. Joshua 1 verse 8, very popular scripture. He said, do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. That's an instruction. Now, not just let it depart. Don't stop there. It says, do what? Meditate on it day and night. Don't just meditate. What's the other instruction? Be careful to do everything written in it. You can't leave it halfway. Just like how somebody wrote rules and regulations for us in this church and said, avoid deliberate sin. And I told them yesterday, I said, there is indeliberate sin. 
do we have? We are, she's, she, the person is an amazing person. So I explain. Deliberate sin is the one you about to say, what I intentionally did. Example of indeliberate sin. I was just in my house. Let me use the same person I used yesterday. Then Mr. Iberi comes to meet me and says, Pastor, are you not bored? Let's go to a strip club. It's indeliberate. I did not plan to go there. He took me there. So that one could not be avoided. Why? Because I respect Mr. Iberi. Praise God. You know, there's a difference between I came here myself and somebody brought me here. So the person gave us a rule, number four. Because I remember the number the rule was on. Number four. He said, avoid what? Deliberate sin. So that means we should not avoid what? Indeliberate sin. That's not part of my sermon. So don't cut this part and go home. It says, be careful to do everything, not the one that means volume to you, not the one that makes sense to you, not the one that was written in your language, not the one that your mother just picks out for you. That's how I met one fool one time. If they are foolish Christians and wise Christians. A foolish Christian. He said, ah, he said, once you obey the Ten Commandments, you are fine. Can, you, can I tell you the truth? Even the Ten Commandments does not even exist in our generation anymore. It does not exist. Go back to your scripture and read the Ten Commandments. That shall not kill your neighbor. The Bible then was talking about sword. Now you can kill your neighbor with your words. Now you can kill your neighbor with attitude. In fact, I used to think that, um, uh, what's that place where they shoot arm robbers? Uh, what do they call that stuff? Huh? Far, is it far, no, there's a ground where they, it happens. Try to remember. Okay, let's just say the firing squad ground or whatever stuff. I, I used to think that was the only place where you can kill people. I just realized that you can kill someone on Facebook. You can kill someone on Instagram. The new one I just joined now, let me announce it ahead of time so that you people can follow me. TikTok, you can kill people there. In fact, you know how many people that they have killed? People's marriages have died on Instagram. I'm telling you the truth. I just told my wife recently, I said, now we've gotten to that phase that people can snap my picture and all of that stuff. In fact, now I'm, in t I'm thinking of going to change my plate number because anywhere I go to now, it's just, ah, that's pitons, that's pitons. Until somebody seized my mechanic downstairs one time like that. He said, why are you driving past those cars? Ah, he's mechanic. So I told that one too. I said, you must be, there must be something you are doing inside the car that made them stop you. So it's not until you carry a gun to your neighbor. Talks about that shall not cheat your neighbor. Cheat, cheating does not have to do with money. Oh, that shall not sleep with your neighbor's wife and all that stuff. Oh, oh, listen, listen. You don't need to go and okay. see you. That sleep is okay, right? Like, like the word sleep. Good. Okay. Somebody is expecting me to explain deeper. I will not go beyond that level. That shall not sleep with your neighbor's wife. That shall not do that. Listen, it's not until you go and meet your neighbor's wife inside the room. Some people just have the picture of their neighbor's wife on the wall. And they have slept with her in a quite, even more than the numbers of times the husbands must have slept with her. Because <laughs> he wakes up in the morning and he's like, ah, your boss. Eh. He comes back again after work. He says, ah, your boss. Eh. Your boss eh, is in a house. She has probably not even seen her husband in four months. In the space of four months, you have done like maybe a hundred rounds with your boss. And your boss, your boss is she surprised. If you are in that shoes, even high cannot deliver you. 
Just go back home and remove all those stuff. Just like when I was working in the prison, I was searching some of the, 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 the offender's bunk. And I was saying all kinds of... In fact, it, it's very annoying that when family members are sending pictures to their child or maybe their, their relatives in the prisons and all of that stuff, I'm expecting like family pictures. Like we had a party for your daughter, we had a party for your son, or graduation pictures. I'm seeing no pictures. Morning therapy, afternoon therapy, night therapy. And can I be honest with you, those pictures mean a big deal to those guys. So one time I was searching one and I saw all kinds of pictures and I asked him, I said, what's this thing doing here? He said, I, I, how best do I sleep with my wife if not with this? I said, is she coming here? He said, no, she's here with me. I said, hell. So just in case you are focusing on how the Ten Commandments is written, our generation has, has gone beyond that level that you need to understand the scripture and be taught the fear of the Lord to understand that in as much as the Ten Commandments does not put it the way our generation puts it, we are still saying the same thing. You know how many times your WhatsApp has put people into depression? Don't be, let's be honest. That's another platform now that I think I want to withdraw myself from. I want to come out of WhatsApp. Because why? See, if you cannot talk to me boldly, don't use your status to talk to me. If you cannot come and meet me boldly, stop using status to talk to me. Stop it. Stop it. And you know yourself. See, he, he, he is always checking status. He will see it. Let me, let me communicate to him there. Uh, it, sh it really shows you fear me. It really shows you fear me. Come and meet the pastor. You don't do well, though. You don't do well at all. Come on, New Year package. You do not bring to my side. Don't just write on your status and say, even those we love cannot even tell us Happy New Year. See, see. And when I call you and find out that, ah, this, sometimes I see my CEO status. I used to ask, I say, who vex you? Say, this year, this year, no time for nonsense. And I just had a meeting with you yesterday. <laughs> so I'm asking myself, this year, no time for nonsense. And you know me, I know send you. You can't, you can't all of a sudden become lead pastor. I'm the lead pastor. So I will ask you, what happened? Say, pastor, not, it's not you. <laughs> See, let me tell you something. It's immaturity that makes you communicate your heart your, your, the innermost part of your heart, through WhatsApp status, is immaturity. You are immature. That, that will tell you that even yourself, you are wrong. What if the person is not WhatsApp? What if the person overlooks your status? Your mates are posting good stuff on status. You are posting this year. I know Sendo. If you don't care about me, I don't care about you. Okay, why are you talking to? Put the name. Praise God. I don't know how I got there. You can never break through your own terms. You can never proceed on your own terms. As a matter of fact, you will never experience anything sweet with bitter ingredients. You will never experience anything sweet with bitter ingredients. If you think I'm joking, go and put bitter leaves inside jollof rice. Prepare jollof rice and pour bitter leaves. Pour a bowl, everything, put it there. You will never experience anything sweet with bitter ingredients. 
What then is obedience? Doing the mandated with full compliance. Doing the mandated with full compliance. Not half compliance. Not partial compliance. Full compliance. If it's not what your life, it's not an instruction. Get that from me today. If it's not what your life, it's not an instruction. If it does not watch your life, it's not an instruction. First Peter 1 verse 13 to 14. First Peter 1 verse 13 to 14. First Peter 1 verse 13 to 14. It says, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Verse 14. As obedient children... Do not conform to the evil desires you had, had when you lived in what? In ignorance. Now I'm teaching you, now I'm preaching to you that you cannot exempt the place of instruction. You cannot exempt the force of obedience because you are now regarded as obedient children because the truth has been exposed to you. So do not conform to evil desires. Evil desires tells you not to prioritize the things of God. Evil desires tells you to get your bait and keep it right with kingdom service. Evil desire tells you all kinds of things that does not conform with your destiny. Oh, don't serve. Oh, don't, 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 don't pay tithe. Oh, don't pay offering. Oh, don't love too much. Oh, don't be too cheap. Let me tell you something. Let's see. Blood of, oh, God. I am about to say blood of Jesus. See, when you say something is cheap, or something is expensive, it's perspective. Are you listening to me? Anytime you say, oh, you're cheap, you're expensive, it's perspective. So you tell someone like Dan Gote now that this microphone is 400,000, what will he call it? Cheap. Tell someone like me, this microphone is 400,000, what do you think I'll call it? Expensive. Don't say cheap for me, I know myself. Expensive. Expensive. Just when I told somebody that the wedding gown my wife won the wedding day was 350000 he said, did you rent it? I said, no, I bought it and I kept it in my house. I told my wife, I said, once you have a daughter, we'll show the daughter that this is the wedding gown. I've been tempted several times to go and sell that thing, but I said, no. I want to show my wife that I'm a man of my words. All you men that always like to show I'm a man of my words, I mean, you're not put inside trouble. <laughs> so that's the reason why that thing has been there, because left to me, the thing is, I, I, I'm, I'm asking myself, what is it? I can show the daughter pictures that this the wedding girl. It's only a stupid daughter that I'll be asking. Daddy, maybe the daughter is 20 something. She's not asking. By that time, I'm married. It's 40 something years. Daddy, where's the wedding girl? No, I will keep it. It's perspective. I had to learn that as a teenager. That cheapness and expensive stuff is based on perspective. As I sometimes, I don't avoid arguments with certain people because it just tells me the level at which you are functioning from. It tells me the level you are functioning for. So everything in your life, say, ah, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. It's too... You see, it tells me your level. It tells me your level. When Nigeria won 60, the cake that they brought, that they used for Nigerian independence, there was, what, 20 million naira. And the cake was brought from UK. All of you here can put hands together and make that cake. You will not spend more than 80,000 naira. It was done for 20 million. Somebody said it's too expensive. Are you Nigeria? Nigeria has the budget. They have the budget. It's not you. They give those guys money in Ghana must go. So what was this? So if it does cake of 20 million, why? See, the, the question is, see, your base should be how will the cake get to you? 
not why they did the cake. In fact, is it not a shame to you that if they tell you on Nigerian 68 independence, the cake was big for 80,000? It's people like you that say, ah, Nigeria is bigger than that. So now they helped your, your imagination, your faith. They helped your spirit. Okay, let's do 20 million. And you, Nigerians are still hugging. It's too expensive. They are wasting our money. They are doing... Somebody was saying recently, someone said, uh, wow, they should reduce all the money that they are paying senators, that the money is too much. Oh, God, are you the one sitting in the house of rape? Do you know some of those seats are spiritual? Do you know how many senators have sat on certain chairs and could not stand up again? Do you know how many senators have sat on chairs and they just slept off all through the session? No, think about this. Somebody walked in with full energy from the hotel and sat on a chair and slept off all through the session and woke up immediately the session was over. It's spiritual. It's not natural. It's not natural. That any, see, anything political office, get this from me today, as, as sweet as it appears to be constitutional, it's very, very spiritual. Anybody who have lived in this city will know this story I'm talking about. They took the face, the, 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 what's, what's this, what's that, what's that thing you guys, guys wear on native cap? What do they call that cap? Uh, native cap. They took the native cap of a politician. It did not last for more than a week. They took his cap. And the man kept saying, I'm not leaving this place until I see my cap. Everybody was saying, cap, Oga, go now. He said, no, if I leave my cap here, something terrible. Oga, go, it's just cap. It did not last for up to a week. If you don't know the story, go and ask your grandparents or anybody at home. Cap, cap, cap. Cap. So why are you complaining that, ah, why are they sleeping? Why is their money too much? Do you know, do you, do you know how much Abalist is charging them? Do you know the kinds of things they are subscribed to? They pay a bodyguard to go and come with uh, somebody's ham, somebody's leg, somebody's nose. You think nose is cheap? You think your nose is cheap? <laughs> That's your same nose that was the reason why the guy broke up with you. He said your nose is not breathing well. Your nose is expensive. It's, 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 it's cheap. It's perspective. It's perspective. Get that right. It's perspective. I don't know why I have to drag that. It, that's one of the assignments God has given us. Raising nation giants. I have to change the mindset. So, Pastor, this thing is too cheap. It's too cheap. It's too cheap. I don't go for it. Oh, guys, perspective. When there was COVID, and the Lord led us as a ministry, before we started as a physical church, to give people money. So, we're giving 5,000, 10,000, some 15. We gave a particular lady 5,000, and she started sending voice notes of blessing back. She said that 5,000 will last them for a month. I was shocked. I had to tell the CEO then, not this one, that how will you tell 5,000 will last someone for a month? I calculated 5,000 in dollars then. It was ridiculous. So it's like that money will last she and her mother and her sister for a month. I said, what will you do? He said, they will buy Gary, that they will just be eating once a day, ever. That's a way they will do the stew, that they will have plenty of water. They will not be, I said, God, I told them to go and add some more money. To her, 5,000 is expensive. Because not only I sent the voice note, the sister sent her home. The mother too sent her home in Yoruba, which you could not even understand. She was just praying for us with Psalms. I'm telling you the truth. Then to you, are like, ah. So somebody looks at you and says, oh, take 5,000 for the weekend. Ah, um, I'm bigger than that. It's, it's, too, it's too small. It's cheap. If you, know, if you know, I still told my wife in the car, 
Sorry, because maybe because we are close to election period and I'm from a political background. I told my wife, I said, everybody shouting Obi, 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 obedient. It's in the Bible. Obedient, obedient, Christian. This is Can I be honest with you? Give them 500 naira on election day to vote for somebody else. They will do it. They will do it. So to you, it's cheap. To somebody else, it's a lifesaver. Are you following me this morning? Now, I didn't tell you who to vote for. But I already told you who will win. Praise God. Psalm 119, verse 59 to 61. Psalm 119. Verse 59 to 61. Psalm 119. He said, I have considered my ways. I have considered my ways. i never forget the meeting I had in this house one time. And I said, if you are still living your life at the point where you cannot weigh yourself on certain scales, then you are not a true man. I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your status. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. So there is a part of you that wants to obey God's commands, but you're delaying it. You're delaying it. If I stayed one more year in the U.S., I probably would not have met my wife. Because at the time I met my wife, I was at the most confused state of my life. Any lady that comes to me and says she's God sent, I was ready to accept. I know some men have been in their shoes before. Anybody, even the devil comes as an angel of light. Anybody can come to you and say, I'm God sent. But the question to ask yourself is, how do you prove that you're God sent? Let me help a guy here. This is how you know when she's not God sent. Once our ways and our steps does not align with the steppings and the status that God has given to you. That's how you know. When she starts telling you, when she starts questioning why somebody is your spiritual father or why someone is your mentor, take off. Take off. As a guy or a lady who is here, you tell someone, oh, this is my mentor, and he's questioning you, drilling you about your mentorship. Take off. Because what people don't understand is this about mentorship. It's not an overnight process. It takes time. Are you following me this morning? It does what? It takes time. If you are following a particular man of God, you cannot become that man of God overnight. Because guess what? You met that man of God probably when he's in his 20-something years in ministry. And you just met him. You cannot become that person overnight. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. So that's why I told someone, I said, if I... If, I, if you question me about my spiritual father, I'll take off from you. If you question me about, if you question me about mentors, people I follow, I'll take off. Why? Because listen, I don't care whatever you think or whatever you think you've heard. And that's what I've bewildered a lot of people. You are, focusing, you are focusing on the opinions of men, forgetting that there's a verdict from God. Now, you see, it's, it's life that paints a bad man as good and paints a good man as bad. That's life. That's life. There's a picture perspective from God. That's a picture perspective from God. So somebody is questioning you, oh, why, why are you going to church? And that's the same person you want to get married to. 
Oh, why are you why, why are you buying books? That's the same person you want to get married to. Oh, why are you listening to someone? That's the same person you want to get married to. Listen, when they are questioning things that give you joy, that's to let you know that you are probably just signing up for sorrow. It's the truth. So when I counsel ladies, or I'm talking to ladies, and I say, say, say it was even asking me that I, I should change my church, that that church I'm going to, the pastor is not sound, he's not spiritual, I should be coming to. See, when somebody is at the earliest level of relationship, you are already dragging church matter. You have spiritual battles almost all through your time in marriage. You have it. And I see, that, 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 was, that, was the, that was the face of life I was passing through before I met my wife. So thank God I did not delay. Thank God I did not delay. Not that they were pressuring her from home to come up with a man or anything like that. But see, there is a way hunger will do you. Somebody will get this message now. There's a way you'll be so hungry. There's, a, there's, there's, there's this height of hunger that comes on you. When I'm talking of hunger, I'm talking of food, food-wise. That whatever they give you as food, you eat it. You eat it. I'll never forget the day I was so hungry, terribly hungry, inside the car. I will never forget. I will never forget. Very terribly hungry. This person was inside with me. One of my aunties was with me in the car. I think we were coming, yeah, we were coming from Lagos to Ibadan. And I was hungry. We couldn't really see anything on the road because it was very early in the morning. Where I think we were coming back from um, one meeting like that. Maybe Redemption Camp or so. A whole me that used to criticize Garden Egg. I hate it. There's nothing you can do to me about Garden Egg. I hate it. I was eating Garden Egg inside the car because of hunger. Because of hunger. Why do you think some girls fought cheaply for things that they shouldn't have fallen for? Why? Because there was this hunger and there was nobody coming with the right food. So you find a lady as, as God-fearing as she is, as, as, a, as a, 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 a commendable a waist could be, she comes up to you and says, oh, Pastor, this is the person I want to get married to. And you're looking at the man, you're looking at the girl, you're looking at the man, you're looking at the girl, you tell the man to go outside, you want to talk to your spiritual daughter privately, ah, why she's there, you're asking her, are you sure? Are you sure? Say, Pastor is the one. Are you sure? See, once your pastor asks you, are you sure, three times, something is wrong. Something is wrong. If you don't see an excitement in front of your pastor about your, your steppings into marriage, something is wrong. Said pastor is the only one. I remember one lady that said to me, he said, Pastor, yeah, you know, she didn't even call me pastor, she's like a sister to me. He said, Oh, wait, that says like a sister to me. She, she's one of my sisters. Because someone said like a sister to me. He said, eh, we pray every morning and every night. Even the devil prays. Even the devil prays. Say so he's praying, he's very encouraging. Who does the devil not encourage? Encourages. Say he prays with me in the morning. And that's okay. What do you guys pray with? Say we just pray about the future. He likes the book of Psalm. He's evil people that like Psalm. <laughs> of all the chapters in the Bible, is Psalm, 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 Psalm. Those are not those are not the criterias. Maybe by February when we start talking about relationship. I think for the very first time in February. I'm just going to be spilling a lot of things about relationship and all of that stuff. So it's, February is a month that you don't want to miss. Listen, that is a prayer warrior. is not the criteria for marriage. Can I shock you? So, can, I, can I shock you guys this morning? That somebody is a prayer warrior is because he has the energy. 
his blood is still hot. Give him an eight hours job and tell me if he will have time to pray. Make him the peer of somebody that he has to be carrying bags for eight hours. Let me know if you have the time to pray. I never forget one pastor that said, he said he's not against people praying. He said, but there's lack of activity that is even pushing you. Say, I'm a prayer warrior. I can pray for eight hours straight. It's lack of activity. Because even Jesus Christ himself prayed at night and was walking in the morning, in the daytime. So you spend eight hours of your time. Your girlfriend calls you in the morning. What are you doing? I'm still praying. I'm praying for the restoration of our Jerusalem. She calls you again at 12. What are you doing? Ah, I'm praying for the delivery of our wonders. I'm praying for our babies. The Lord showed me that we have four children. So I'm praying for their destiny now. She calls you again at night. Say, ah, I'm praying against every principalities of power that is against our wedding. The next day again, you have another version of prayers like that you are praying for. Auntie, take off. Just help in your life. Take off. Because by the time it's time to plan for the marriage and plan for the wedding, it's not prayer points that will put things on the table. Oh, I need to pay the children's school fees. I'm coming. I need to go and pray to my father. Oh, God, your kids will stay at home. Not against prayer, but there is a place for work. That's why even the Bible says, faith without work is what? It's dead. It's dead. So ladies that are here, something you are looking for, a prayer warrior husband you want to get married to. I'm a prayer warrior. Doing the mandated with full compliance. The force of obedience. Matthew 4 verse 19 to 20. Are you getting something this morning? Matthew 4 verse 19 to 20. Matthew 4 verse... He said, come, follow me, Jesus said. Come, follow me. And I'll make you what? Fishers of men. I'll make you treasures in the sight of men. I'll make you what value in the sight of men. That's what it means by fishers. Because sometimes you see the fishers, the first thing that comes to your mind is, oh, we are going to be pastors, we are going to be prophets. No. I'll make you to be most sought after. The first award I ever got when I was in Babcock was most sought after male personality. And I asked somebody, I said, why are you coming most sought after? I said, because, he said, because everybody's always coming to you for something. He said, you are, you are, you are, the, you are, you are a rich guy. Not rich, like, you are rich, most rich. R-E-A-C-H. That everybody comes to you for one thing or the other. And you always have a solution for it. I'll make you fishers of men. I'll make you have values in the sight of men. I'll make people consult you for things that matter to their life. Sometimes I question ladies when they are telling me, I, I, I was talking to a lady one time, and she was telling me about her past. When I'm saying past, I'm not saying uh, she had a dirty past. She was telling me how she was being raped from back to back. And the next thing I asked her is, are your parents away? She said, no. That's to let you know that I have value in front of her. If you can't tell your parents, but you're telling somebody. Who you, so I asked her, I said, I, said, I, said, I see you like a, a mentor, a pastor, someone that can guide me. Then what, what happened to your parents? That's to let you know that the parents did not fall into this category. They didn't fall into this category. God wants to make you of substantial value in the sight of men. It's very disappointing, even as little as in your family, in your church, they're having meetings, and everybody can run the meeting successfully without you. In your organization, your workplace, they plan stuff without you. They are planning projects. The, your input is, they say, say, hey, you want to tell talk Tokwe, Tokwe. Ah, you, you know, when they say, ah, if you tell Tokwe, this project will scatter. You see, that's to tell you that you are, let me use the word, let me help you, let me just insult you the way they've been insulting you. You are useless. You are useless. 
They're very useless. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me help you more. God wants to make you fishers of men. Come, follow me. Verse 20, verse 20. The next verse. At once. They didn't go back home. These were family men that could have gone back home to take permissions from their wife. So I'm helping a man now. When God tells you something, you don't need approval from your wife. Any lady that gets angry, tell them, go and talk to pastor. Tell them, did you not hear what pastor said? I love when a great man of God said, he said he's answerable to God only. Ah, what about your wife? He said she tags along with whatever I answer God with. So I'll tell my wife now that I want to have a three-day program. She'll be asking me, who sent you? No, she can't even try it. See, why, why did you preach this topic today? Oh, are you the lead pastor? Who hears from God? Well, I'm not saying you don't hear. Of course, God cannot give my message to her and tell me to go and collect it from her. Cannot. Please pull back the scripture. Can we pull back the scripture, please? At once. At once. I was in Christ's embassy one time, and I told the pastor there, I said, these are the things the Lord is laying in my heart, and um, I'm waiting for my father and my mother to give me go ahead. The lady laughed at me. She laughed. She laughed. I said, Amma, why are you laughing? This thing is paining you. Come and follow me. I'll go and talk to my dad and my mom so that they will allow me to go. That was when God told me it was time to leave your father's house. Please, don't say because I said it now. That is confirmation of what God told you. Be sure you hate God so you don't go and suffer. He said, why would God tell you a thing and you're waiting for somebody else to come and help you present it? At once, at once, they left their net, married men that had families. What did they do? They left their nets and did what? And followed him. More or less like following blindly. That was the reason why when Jesus died, the first person that went back to his business was Peter. And I've told you this, Peter is Omoibo, clearly. He went back to his and said, hey, we followed the wrong person. And the Bible says when Jesus appeared to him again and said, Peter, Abba, we have journeyed this thing too far for you to come back here. He said Peter was ashamed of himself that he went back to his vomit. That's what the particular thing that he was ashamed of himself. Keeping to instruction, applying the force of obedience, it helps you. It keeps you out of frustration and obstruction. It keeps you out of frustration. So you're always frustrated because there's this part of God's instruction to you that you're yet to follow. Because obedience will never bring frustration. Obedience will never bring destruction. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1 to 2. Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 2. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 to 2. It says if you fully obey, what some of us have been doing is just obey. If you what? Fully obey. Somebody say fully. Let me hear you loud and clear. Say fully. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his command, not some of his commands, not part of his command, all his commands, he says, I will give you today. So there is a today kind of blessing. There is a now, now kind of blessing. 
I'll never forget the day my spiritual father said, God told him to go and sow a seed somewhere. And he said as he was sowing the seed, he said that seed was a very painful one. And let me be honest with you, any seed that does not pain you or does not move you, <laughs> something is wrong. Something is wrong. It's not from God. Every seed must shake you. No matter how small, no matter how big it is, it must shake you because there must have been an initial plan for it. So that's why you see that it's not a joke when I keep praying to God. I immediately he said, come back to Nigeria. I was quick. I was quick because I know the next one that will come after that can be tear your passport. I'm begging him every day for that one. Because once I tear that in, I'm stuck here. And I don't know what will happen after election. A lot of people have been saying all kinds of things. So I can't even travel. So please help me beg God. Just keep pastor's passport intact. Carefully follow all his commands. I will give you today. My sister father said, as he was sowing that seed, he said his wife called him and said, somebody just brought a Ghana, of go, Ghana must go of money. And he told the wife, he said, money, can't it? He said, she can't count Ghana must go. And the money, he filled up a Ghana must go. That is more. He said, okay, take it to the bank, straight, go and save it. At least when you save it in the bank, I should get an email. Then there was something like SMS, I should get an email of how much was saved. He said, as he was entering back into the city of Abuja, some of you have heard this story before. He said, another person again was coming with another Ghana Ghana must go up money. He said at some point, the wife felt like, did you go and do it through where you're coming from? I'm telling you the honest truth. These are things that has even happened to me before. The very first day, some of, some, some, somebody here would know the story. I think one of my ministers should know the story. The Lord said, sell this your phone and give the money to your spiritual father. I went to Abuja, to a plaza in Abuja. I think the place is called Damas Plaza. My wife will remember. I sold the phone collected the money, and gave it to my spiritual father. As we got back home, we got back to the hotel, somebody sent me money. And I told my wife, I said, ah, someone has sent me money. I think I need to upgrade and change my phone. So I told my wife, I said, you know what? This is my own phone. This other phone I have, take, use it. So I told my wife, I said, my PA, my PA then said, let's go back to that same plaza and buy a fairly used phone. I said, okay, no wala. So we got back there. And I told the person, I said, the particular iPhone I sold is what I want. Guess what? The same iPhone I sold yesterday was what they brought back to me. Because God knows that that iPhone meant a whole lot to me. And he brought back. So we got back to the hotel. I was looking at him. I said, this is my iPhone. My wife said, no. Oko Jorani. <laughs> I said, iPhone. I know it like I know my name. I looked at the back. Looked at the serial stuff and everything. I still saw my details on it. How do you explain it? Let me explain to someone so you understand. It's like selling your phone at Sabo and going back two days later and you are still buying back your phone from a different shop. Not the same shop you sold it because we sold it just in the compound by the roadside. We went into a standard shop. It was the same phone that they sold back to us. So you are not ready to let go. Is why God is not ready to work with you. When God was telling me particularly, leave this relationship, the next thing I heard from her was, he's the one paying my school fees. I asked her, how much is the school fees? He said, 18000 <laughs> Don't you have parents that can pay for you? Eh, my dad is late. My mom is the one taking care of my other sisters. He's the guy that has been there for me. He's there for you does not mean that he's with you. It's two different things. It's there for you. It's not the same as with you. What is it being called? Emmanuel. God with what? God with us. It's with you. He said, carefully follow all his commands. Not part 
part of it. That's why you have to be careful of who you are entangled, or who you are in a relationship with, or who you're connected with. Because many of the times they make you skip that part of all his commands. My wife today cannot wake up one morning and say, Okay, this thing God has said we should do, let's do it halfway. It's not possible. All his commands I give you. Then the Lord your God will do what? Will set you high. Can you somebody say set you high? Set you high above all the nations of the earth. Set you high above. God's blessing is not based on prayers, but it's based on works. His blessings are not based on prayers, but based on works. It's the wisdom of God that makes you get hungry for instructions, which brings about the force of obedience. Only wise people look out for instructions. What is God saying? What is God telling me to do? Just like today, he has told us that we are having our 1,000 bond sacrifice offering. Some of you are saying, hey, hey, what would they do with the 1,000 hair? If he tells me to burn it in front of you, I'll burn it. If he tells me to tear everything in front of you, I'll tear it. If he tells me to carry that entire money and give it to the person you, you hate most in this church, I will do it. I told you the story of how the first service of this that we ever had. We had the money, put everything together. I told the brother then on the WhatsApp group, I said, take it to this particular church. You will find the woman wearing blue. Give it to the woman. They got there. Security said, oh, guy, you are coming at 4 o'clock. Service has closed and everybody has gone home. Until the woman came out and said, no, some people are having a meeting at the back of the church. Listen, if you're having a meeting at the back of the church, it's suspicious. Why not inside the church? At the back of the church, where there is bamboo, all kinds of things. It's only witches and wizards that can be doing that kind of rubbish. Even the pastor is not aware there's a meeting at the back of the church. He said, but there's one woman there. I think she's wearing blue. An old woman. He said, yes, she must be the one. The old woman came out. said, ah, who are you, sir? He said, said Pastor Tomoa said I should give you money. Who is Pastor Tomoa? I don't know. I didn't ask you for any money. He said, ma, he just said we should give it to you and bless you with it. And then you should just pray for us. We'll do a video recording and everything. The woman said, but I don't know you. What's going on? He said, ma, the woman has already collected the money. The woman said, ah, which Pastor Tomoa? He said, Pastor Tomoa, Ah, then they didn't call me Pastor Tomorrow, it's Apostle. Say, Apostle Tomorrow, Luyen. Say, who is Apostle Tomorrow, Luyen? Oluyen, Oluyen, Oluyen. That name is Sani. Ah, Oluyen Tomorrow in US. How did he know I'm here? He said, hey, he didn't, uh, Do you know him, man? He said, Yes. Ah, he's like a grandson to me. What's going on? She has created the money. He said, Ah, at this point, I just have to bless you and pray for you. She prayed for the guy. The following day, Monday morning, went to my grandmother's house and she was raking. Ah, my man, calm down. Kilo Shele. He said, hey, hello, Babode, for me. He said, hello, what is Babode? He said, hello, how are you see me, Abi? The woman left my grandmother's house with, ang- with serious anger. And my grandmother had to call me and say, did you call the woman to beg for money? Did you do anything? That was when I opened the video and I said, I asked the guy, I said, wait, oh, did you just go and give just a member of my family? He said, no, that's the person, where, the only person wearing blue. That woman did not live out that year. She died that year. She died that year. As a matter of fact, she, I think she died in March. And she was buried on my birthday. To let you know how wicked some people can be. All his commands. So just in case you're here and say, hey, I can't drop 1,000. You don't have to can buy shawarma. That's my transport fee. At this, at this age of your life, you are dragging transport here. When your mates, let me insult you this morning. When your mates are, are buying cars at 15, 16, 17, 
you are dragging transport fare. Every morning you're on top of bike, going nowhere. One thousand naira. So what if God now says hundred thousand naira burnt offering? You will die. You, you will die. You don't even come to church. He said God has not told me that one. If it's hard for you to drop, then it will be difficult for Him to give. If it's hard for you to drop, then it will be difficult for you to give. Why don't you start this new year on a fresh scale, on a new scale, on a new note, with a new mindset, a new mentality? His blessings are never based on prayers. My wife knows. I never sat down one day in my life after I got this understanding to be saying, God, I'm praying for this thing to happen. No, I just make the move. One of the amazing things about committing yourself to the things of God is that it will ensure that you will never see shame. That's the amazing thing about God. Once you have set your mind on him, it will ensure that you never see shame. That's why one of the graces that works in this church is that you are never stranded. I intentionally told them to paste that thing there so that somebody will be seeing it. You are never what? Never stranded. Help more sure. Help more sure. What is it in life you are looking for? So if you are in this place, I just change your mentality. Say, ah, 1,000. I don't go drop ammo. And no, I can't drop it. It's, it's too much. It's too much. And listen, that 1,000 is different from your offering and title. Because somebody will say, hey, she be just my offering. I'll drop it. It's different. The more you obey, the less you worry. The more you obey, the what? The less you worry. The more you obey, the less you pray. Some things are not with prayer point. They are with applying the force of obedience to the instruction. Just do his will. Are you listening to me? Those do what? Do his will. It'll set you high. It'll set you high. It'll set you high. Man cannot set you high because man can bring you down. I'm telling you the honest truth. Even me as a pastor, I've had people that offended me and I've, I've thought within myself that, okay, let me just go and collect that thing I did to that person. It's, even, it's, it's the grace of God that is cautioning me not to go that far. Because if as a man I can think that way, I think I'm cautioned because I'm a man of God, so that, of course, so that people will not say stuff about me, that I, I will pass up by build me a house and he came to come and chase me out of the house again. Of course, I'm being cautioned like that. But think about men who don't even fear God, that not raised you on high. They'll bring you down. They'll bring you down. Once you can't comply anymore, don't bring you down. Don't bring you down. You want the best of God in your life? Apply the force of obedience to every command. Every command. I know one of the earnest instructions he will have given to you this year is that serve God more. That's the, I know. Even if God will not say anything to you this year, he will tell you, serve me more. Love me more. He will tell you that. He will tell you that. Because when he looked at Peter, what did he say? He said, Peter, do you love me? He said, ah, I told you Peter is a Moibu. Oh, Lord, I love you. He said, if you love me, feed my lambs. How, do you, how does a shepherd feed the lambs if the shepherd himself has not been fed? Are you listening to me? So before you can tell others about Christ, before you can show love to other Christ, you must be loved yourself. You must be loved yourself. Of course, you know if all of you drop your 1,000 error, looking at all of you's head now, Probably I'm counting like maybe a hundred or a hundred plus. It's nothing. It's nothing. 
It's nothing. I'm not trying to blow any trumpet here. I'll sit down, my wife knows, I'll sit down with you right now and finish a 20,000 naira suya in front of you. You'll be stupid if you need 20,000 naira, not tell me on time because I'll use that money to buy suya. I'll sit down with you. Honest truth. So it's not, it's not, so don't look at that, oh, the church needs the money. Pastor is hungry. He needs money for shawarma. He needs money for suya. He needs to change his, uh, this. He needs to do something. It's not, it's not those money. Sometimes I wish he can give us instruction that does not have to be money inclined. But I've realized that he has to make use of the resources that is endlessly available to us to work with. Okay, what if I say his kidney born sacrifice offering? Will you come to church? Say God wants our kidney. God wants your liver. Liver sacrifice offering. I'm sure police will be standing in front of this church on Sunday morning. Say, Pastor, don't deliver. The thing about it. But these are things you can easily part away with. It's just a thousand money. I'm not saying that this is instruction. Leave this house. Leave it. Stop this job. Stop it. Travel from here. Travel. In fact, the people I respect the most is people that God tells to relocate from where they assumed to be the top to a place that does not befit them. The minister of God that is coming on Friday looked at me and said, one of the reasons why I respect you more is that people like you will come from the U.S. and come and start a church in Lagos. You went to Ibadan. Omar, if you know what they think about Ibadan, if you know the way people rate Ibadan, you came to start a church in Ibadan. What happened to Lagos? Now, Lagos is divided into three. There is mainland Lagos. There is island Lagos. There is Midu Lagos. He said, why not Lagos? He said, you do very well in Lagos. Somebody sent us a message on Instagram that she's waiting for THN Lagos. I said, well, thou see the Lord. If it's possible, can I shock you? If he says go to Lagos, I will go. Say, uh, what did we do to Pastor anybody? You didn't do anything to me. It's God that said I should go. If he says Obomosho, I'll go. If he says Shaki, I'll go. If he says Ghana, I'll go. If he says Iraq, some of you follow me. But I know when he says London, US, that's what he says. Pastor, I have passport. Pastor, I can go. Honest truth. Whatever he says, even as a wife, as a lady, because many of the times there's the ladies that will always leave behind. They get instructions from God too. I remember God telling me when I was in secondary school, he said, I want you to go and study um, um, anything related to hearts, media, media, or stuff like that. My dad, my mother were dragging. No, you are a science student. You are this, computer science, computer science. At the end of the day, I ended up studying theater, arts, and media studies. At the end of the day. At the end of the day. You know, the annoying part was the day, the, one of the days that I got annoyed the most with my dad was the day he sat me down and said, let's talk. We went outside. He said, let's talk. He said, truth be told. They told us where you were born that you'll be a pastor. I said, then why did you make my life difficult from secondary school? He said, eh, eh, it's not that you cannot be a pastor, but you must have worked. You must have gathered a lot of money so that you, when you are pastoring, you will not be living on tight and offering. I had to open the Bible for him where the scripture says that the priest of the house will live on the resources that is brought to He said, ah, I didn't know 
because all these pastors are always stealing that and offering. He said it's not stealing. It's their legit right. It's not stealing. If I spend your tithe and offering, I'm a priest. Are you the priest? I'm the priest. I will not do that. I was kinder there in that conversation. I said, so people had come to you? He told me, he said, you had asthma and you were almost dead. We took you to redemption camp. Pastor Adeboye carried you in his hands and said, this boy will not die. This boy will be a great man of God. I said, why didn't you tell me? He said, if we tell you, it will get into your head. Who does those kind of things get into his head? He said, they said, you'll be going everywhere preaching the gospel. I said, why didn't you tell me? Some of you are here, you might need to go back home and ask your parents what has been said about you. You will see that you are the one driving the car of your destiny into a wrong direction. My dad is a lawyer, I must be a lawyer. My mom is a doctor, I must be a doctor. Some of you are going in one direction. I told somebody recently, I said the, 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 the earnest vision I have for you is that I see you as a very solid, a solid writer. He said, yes, it's true. I like to write. I said, so why are you not writing? He said, the storms of life are too much. What is it to write about if not the storms of life? You can't be a storyteller if you don't have a story. You can't be a storyteller if you don't have a story. You must have a story. You must have a story. In fact, you can't have a ministry if you don't have a mess. 